mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast. There's a lot of words Japan here. Mm. How have I never noticed this? Have I said it right? Oh, God. Is it? Do we say Japan an- this time? He's done analyses intro, he's done a million times. He sometimes well, gets like this, it's great, and it usually coincides <laughs> with him drinking loads of coffee, which is what exactly what he's doing now. He's back on the cold no, brew sauce, guys. He's in big trouble. He's in all kinds of trouble. He's in the middle of a big render. <laughs> You're rendering, Chris. Are you rendering out your videos? Um, I'm rendering my videos. It's taken 30 minutes, but we're <laughs> rendered. Um, yeah, well, it's a podcast, isn't it? And it's Pete Donaldson. Hey, how you doing, Pete? What's going on? Uh, oh, not a lot, really. I'm just. Uh, I'm uh, <laughs> anticlimactic. Every time you ask me, I, I'm just like I am because we normally record in the morning. I've not mm. um, had any Done anything. issues. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If you record yeah. in the evening, I've had a day of issues. But if in the morning, my slate is clean. My life is is happy. Um, the, the the birds are singing and the sun is shining and it's, it's just bloody great stuff. I'm. Uh, I drove up to um, Blackpool at. The the weekend uh, chris went you to poor man. i was in liverpool poor, for uh, well i was in liverpool for eurovision um well certainly the friday Ooh. anyway for a uh, for a wrestling show called um effie's big gay brunch uh, which is um uh, a, rest- a gay wrestler called uh, Effie, who um, works for a few uh, companies out in, in America, and he's uh, kind of set mm. up this kind of semi-regular um, annual, sort of biannual uh, wrestling show called Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and uh, it's basically just uh, either gay, uh, LGBTQ um, plus uh, performers or allies. I think I've spoken mm. about it before, but he did one in um, England uh, for the first time, and he brought on um, a guy called uh, Kendo Nagasaki. Now I'm not expecting you to remember who he is Chris because you're a fair whack younger than me um, and, and I shouldn't really know who he is but in the 80s um, wrestling was really really big um, well 60s, 70s, 80s wrestling was really big uh, on um, British terrestrial television you know millions of viewers every single uh, uh, Saturday afternoon uh, on a TV show called World of Sport and um, it, weirdly like uh, our grands 
would have been quite into it. Grands and granddads mm. really <laughs> that generation, that post-war kind. Well, sorry, that, that wartime generation really bloody loved wrestling, uh, professional wrestling, and. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki was one of the big sort of three or four wrestlers in the UK. He was up there with Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and and, and people like that. So he um, he was this kind of like he had a, a, a weird sort of uh, I think maybe like a ninja or a kendo I'm not, some kind of karate mask thing that he used to wear. He's worth a right. Google. He's get an interesting mask sort of configuration. Um, and he would come on and he'd do like flips and kicks and stuff. And he, he was like a kind of karate guy. Uh, but he was a, a, a white British bloke um, who uh, was actually openly gay, which is one of the few um, openly gay wrestlers, you know, ever really mm-hmm. uh, in that generation. And uh, so he came out at Effie's Big gay brunch and he's 85 chris he's 85 so oh it's Lord. it was like my mate mark who, who who knows about wrestling the conceit of wrestle me the podcast is that my, my mate knows loads about wrestling and about four or five years ago we started watching all of the wrestlemanias from start to finish so now i'm a big wrestling fan uh by birth to the fact we just did a podcast about it every week so now like i will you know seek out wrestling now um but uh but yeah it was just really nice to sort of see this kind of legendary uh british wrestler from back in the day um looking exactly as he did before because he's completely masked he wears gloves uh, so you can't mm. really tell how old he is so he gets in the in the ring as a bit of a wave and then and then and then just kind of walks off it was absolutely adorable i was picturing a Japanese looking man and he's very much he's very a white much guy, right? he's very much a white guy but <laughs> he he influenced Japanese performers who play who, who, who wrestled in the UK and Europe in the mm. 1970s and 80s uh, who actually went back to Japan and called themselves oh, wow. Kendo Nagasaki so which is you know Nagasaki's always I mean it's it's a city that people know for one reason and one reason alone one would suggest but uh, it, it's just really funny that he influenced yes. all of these uh, Japanese performers to be called Kendo Nagasaki so yeah good times had by all uh, and then we moved on to Blackpool for a night and good fucking Christ have you ever been to Blackpool Chris? <laughs> No, I do not want to go to Blackpool. I've seen enough terrible things there. It is. It I like was completely unaware as to how that city operated. Uh, for a night out, it is absolutely frightening. <laughs> really? How so? It's just a lot of, like, 50-year-old men running around oh. shouting. <laughs> just punching. Oh, my God. It's good stuff. Look, I'm from Hartlepool. I live in South End. It's 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 <laughs> funny. I get it, but good God, it was like South End, Hartlepool, uh, you know, Newcastle uh, kind of uh, 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 you know entertainment district. Um, it was uh, the big market. It was like that turned up to a million. It was absolutely incredible and just a little bit frightening, <laughs> even for me who loves oh, that sort of place. Yeah. I should take Natsuki down there, or up there, rather, <laughs> and be like, this is a British coastal town, Natsuki. The <laughs> place that time forgot. But no, I I've not. don't really want to go near Blackpool. And it, it's never, like, I've never seen anything that's remotely positive about it, unfortunately. Right. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> but do you go? Did you go and see the Eurovision Song Contest? Or no, no. It's it's, it's, uh, it's it was just the whole city. Uh, we were actually there the night before the actual main event, but um, the whole city was just absolutely taken up, taken uh, t- taken over by everyone uh, doing Eurovision and stuff. It was very uh, mm. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Quite middle class. But I, don't, a lot of fun. I mean, I don't really. 
I don't really follow Eurovision. No. Um, obviously, one thing, given that living the other side of the world, it's not really no, something not you typically really think of. But this year, didn't they let anyone around the world uh, vote for the Eurovision Song Contest? My friends here in Japan, oh. they, they were voting for uh, certain people. And oh, I, I don't know. Any country in the world now, you can, can vote for it, even if it's not in the, you know, not in Europe. Oh, do you, oh, so, I, I didn't. I didn't actually know that. So there's a. I mean, yeah. I don't really know how it works. Is it, I thought it was like judges, judges, judging. I thought you could. Uh, judges. You could oh. Is there a bit of a waiting towards like the public vote? I thought it was all like you'd, you'd sort of go around the, the you know Europe and Australia and go nil <laughs> all that business. <laughs> what? I know it costs about two quid to vote, so oh, right, okay. certainly seems pretty lucrative. The Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> uh, who, Sweden won, right? Uh, yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Not a clue. Not a well clue. Well Sweden. Well done. <laughs> well, we've got a story this week from Matt, who says, Dear Crapulous Chris and Plastered Pete, I'm oh. Matt from London. I have a job, which leads me to Tokyo on business three to four times a year. On our first trip back post-COVID in January, January 2023, I'd asked a client of ours if he could recommend an izakaya in Shibuya. He duly recommended an old haunt of his near the famous crossing, which he described as cheap, but good. Uh, a good combination. <laughs> when we arrived, we were beckoned into a smoke-filled restaurant and handed an English menu with a smile. After scanning the menu, I could tell that at least 50% of what my client had told me was true. It was indeed very cheap. The various grilled and skewered items made its way to our table in typically uh, punctual fashion, and we were grateful for the uh, the wonderful service. Expedious service. Is that even a word? Expedious Expeditious? Expeditious. Expeditious? Expedited? Service. Oh. <laughs> Expedited service. However, Expedition, we did right. notice there was a distinct lack of fried chicken action going on in the kitchen. We politely inquired as the potential ETA and were met by some smiles, so assumed all was in order. All of a sudden, a very small, very out of breath, older lady came limping into the restaurant. She was carrying... Are you kidding? She was carrying <laughs> five... Brown paper bags with KFC logos on. She put them down on the counter and pushed them in the direction of the chef. We couldn't quite believe our eyes, but to our astonishment, the chef put his hand in the bag, picked out multiple pieces of fried chicken. He plated them up and brought them to our table. For a few minutes, neither of us could process what was happening. Perhaps there was another restaurant or stall over the road which did the fried chicken, and the bags were simply the best vessel in which to transport the goods. But we took a bite, and it was just KFC, unmistakably Kentucky Fried Chicken. Where it began to get even more surreal is that from what I could find on Google, it was a negative arbitrage. According to Google, what does that mean? According to Google, original recipe chicken super saver pack four pieces is 1,390 yen, uh, and they were making a substantial loss on this transaction. Wait, what? They so were they, buying so the chicken from KFC? It's amazing, isn't it? Like, so, so they weren't even cooking the food. They brought in KFC and they were losing money on the deal. Fantastic. This is insane. <laughs> uh, Matt continues or ends with, have you ever had a situation in Japan where locals have sacrificed themselves in some way in order to prevent you from suffering a minor inconvenience? Best wishes, <laughs> Matt. I mean, what had happened here is, for whatever reason, they'd probably run out of chicken. Right. And they went, oh, fuck, let's just go and get it over the road. <laughs> yeah. I was. At, I mean, I was at a British pub yesterday, and uh, I wanted bangers and mash, because mm. it's pretty good, this place. It's also in Shibuya. Mm. Uh, and I ordered it, they took my money, and then 20 seconds later, a uh, chef came out with a smirk on his face, turned to the waiter and went, no sausages. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, no, just not for you, uh, then. 
Yeah, and he was like, oh, no, no sausages. <laughs> now, in that situation, in this situation, what would they have done? They would have gone to... I don't know where you can get sausages in Japan easily. But no. some, I, what I would have liked to have happened is for the chef to run out the pub, go down the street, <laughs> and find a means of which to buy and acquire sausages mm. for my bangers and mash. I, d- I don't but know how do you that. would... You'd have, to, you'd have to ask a dog herbal. or something. I don't know how you would... <laughs> I don't know how you would get hold of some sausages at short notice. You would need someone who could sniff them out, I think. Yeah, imagine if a dog just came charging out the kitchen. Yeah. Just down the elevator and off into the streets of Shibuya. <laughs> Probably would have brought back several rats, given that's what Shibuya is known for. I do want to find this place, though. This sounds amazing. This sounds great. Uh, he didn't say what it was called, though. He just said an old haunt. Cheap but good. Matt, mm. if you know the name of this place, please divulge the secret restaurant with us. <laughs> um, it certainly sounds intriguing. And the fact that... It was in January this year, suggests that it's still open, um, in theory. Uh, <laughs> unless they're making continued losses, bringing in KFC uh, for their cheap menu. Um, we got a story this week about tattoos, a topic we banned from the Abroad Japan podcast about a year ago, because <laughs> every question was about tattoos. Yeah. But now I feel we can have a, an annual topic and where we one, talk about tattoos. One story about tattoos and that's it. Well, And that is this story. Well, Chris, um, <clears throat> you, you're familiar with... You're always talking about Japan's House of Councillors Committee on Foreign Affairs and Defence. You always talk about My those favorite. guys. Always busy talking about those guys. Uh, but on Tuesday, a meeting was held uh, with the um, Foreign Affairs and Defence guys uh, and one of the subjects they talked about, probably top of the bill, um, tattoos. Japanese society obviously mm. taking a dim view on uh, tattoos over the years uh, because of their historical association with the Yakuza. Um, but uh, the Liberal Democrat. Democratic Party member uh, Masahisa Sato uh, basically who used to um, be in the Japan's um, self-defence forces and one of the five directors of the committee said that they could uh, probably soften their stance against tattoos uh, if you are applying for the SDF uh, you and you've got a tattoo uh, you have your application just, just torn up uh, they cannot accept uh, accept people with tattoos um, two problems with that issue with that pro- policy though uh, low birth rate means that um, the population is shrinking, uh, leaving fewer and fewer people uh, able to to, to apply, uh, and also be who are in the right mm. age range. Um, and then, if you're cutting uh, people out of the application process if they've got tattoos, again, missing some good if, people. Yeah, well, you're missing some good people, and yeah, exactly, and and and. You know, uh, rejecting applicants for having tattoos presents a problem in terms of bolstering our number of enlisted personnel, says that chap. Um, and, and also, there's an increasing number of people in Japan who just like fashion tattoos. You know, these aren't, you know, big back monstrosities mm. that the Yakuza would, uh, would would get involved. But, you know, some people just have a have a little flower on, or someone's name on them. Uh, a but, uh, or a so dolphin, in Ryotaro's case. Yes, exactly. So, or a dolphin. Freedom. <laughs> so, that he has to cover up. Uh, so that he uh, that he formally... So, so they, they, they basically uh, decided to formally reevaluate the no tattoo policy for SDF applicants with the possibility of removing it if it's no longer deemed necessary. Uh, knowing how J- Japanese, uh, you know, um, uh, organisations uh, deal with stuff, uh, we'll probably see a change somewhere in 2028. So... <laughs> There we go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, I uh, was with a friend yesterday... And uh, she goes to a uh, fitness chain, one of the biggest fitness chains in Japan, Anytime yeah. Fitness. I think yeah. they're a global company, right? Yeah. And uh, 
she was there and on the promo campaign um, on the TVs around Anytime Fitness, they're running the ad for Anytime Fitness around the world. And everyone's wearing tattoos. They've all got like tattoos on there proudly. <laughs> and then a member of staff came up to her and was like, see my sin. I can see a tiny bit of your tattoo protruding <laughs> from your shirt. Please cover it, kudasai. And it's just like, oh my God, this yeah. hypocrisy of it, right? You think Anytime Fitness would let it go. You think they'd let it slip. But it's all about, I mean, I, you're literally working out anything could pop out. <laughs> We've all worn poor, <laughs> sh- poorly constructed shorts at the old Daisy Gym, haven't yourself. we? <laughs> Speak for yourself. But I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very silly. Yeah. It's very silly. And I think, you know, they could be missing out on some good people. Because yeah. typically you do associate service folks with tattoos mm. in what I do. For whatever reason but like <laughs> and so yeah they could be missing out some bloody good people for the self-defense force i think if someone's being sent into battle whether they've got a tattoo on their arm should be the last thing anyone has to worry about you know mm. but i don't know it's, it's annoying that this is still a fucking conversation that's happening after all this time like get rid of it like, it's one of the things that needs to be dealt with. We've stopped as talking well as, about it on this show. Yeah, we've stopped talking about it, but the problem's still there in Japan. You can't go to the gym with tattoos. Yeah. You can't work as an ALT with your tattoos physically exposed. You can't be in the army. Just be, let's just get over it. The world has moved on. Most people, in the, I think, I read a statistic, I think it was like 40% of the population uh, of the UK or America has tattoos now. It might be higher than that. So mm. uh, the day might come where to not have a tattoo is to be in the minority. And it's a minority I still will remain in until I find a design that I think suits me. Still have got to work that one out. <laughs> Any ideas? Neck tattoo swallows. Uh, Classic. Neck- Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? We'll be back in just a moment, guys. Your stories, comments and questions in the fax machine. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And we're back with 
The Fax Machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? We've got a message from uh, the wonderfully named Hunky from Singapore. Dear Perfect Precious Peter and Cheap Common Chris, I am Hunky from Singapore, which sounds like a personal ad. Uh, And my question is not about Japan, but rather how the two of you started this podcast. From listening to your archives, both of you met for the first time ever during the filming of Natsuki the Movie in 2017, and then a podcast magically appeared in February of 2018. Uh, My question to both of you gentlemen is the process of creating my favourite podcast basically how and why it happened well I guess Hunky you've you've kind of um, answered your own question a little bit that's exactly how it happened <laughs> uh, Chris uh, and Natsuki were in uh, town uh, filming um, uh, Journey no it was Natsuki the movie wasn't it in, in, in 2017 Natsuki the movie yeah uh, and yeah. I was working in a radio station in town I said hey guys coming in for a chat um, and we had a chat didn't we and it was it was there good. was a it was a weird degree of fate and luck involved in it, though, because the day Pete emailed us, being like, "Come to this radio," mm. I was, I, uh, I checked my emails, and we were in London at that moment, mm. about three blocks away from Pete's radio <laughs> station. Every other day, we were in Paris, Brighton, or Stonehenge. Yeah. So, the perfect day, perfect time, very lucky, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Pretty something good. It, it, changed. It's like the pop song. The something changed. If you know, if I, if we hadn't been <laughs> in the same place, we wouldn't have been doing this. We wouldn't have been tied together yeah. for this length of time. <laughs> and then I was like, "If you come to Japan, let me know, and I'll show you around North Japan." Yeah. And Pete went, "I'm coming to Japan. Okay, Japan now. Take me to like, this oh, fox place. <laughs> Drive me to this fox place." <laughs> With the foxes. <laughs> we we did go around North Japan. We had a little road trip. It was really fun, actually. Nice, and Pete yeah. got on the radio. We ate oh, yeah. and drank. And we forgot about that. It was a good, good time. <laughs> good times. Good, good times, times we had. And it was at that moment, Pete was like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, I, like I don't know what a podcast is or where to find it. <laughs> Still he was don't. like, podcast. Still don't the way like, you honestly. carry on, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess uh, a lot of people still don't know how to find podcasts. Like yeah, it's uh, it, it it is hard to um launch. It's hard to launch them to be honest. I'm uh, sort of I, I've st- started mm. a um started a video game podcast called uh, VGC, a video game podcast, and uh, I'm loving it. Uh, but it's just really hard to get get in people's ears because like you know if if you're into mm. uh, video games, you you watch and listen to certain media. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm working on at the moment. But it, it's getting increasingly harder to get get stuff in people's ears. Really, there's no algorithm. The, the, that serves um, new yeah. podcast, new podcast episodes, uh, like like YouTube. You can't kind of like lean into any subjects over any other. So it's it's still mm. quite still quite old school, really, in many ways. Well, I feel like the way going forward is to do podcasts where there is a YouTube component, and that is historically where most podcasts the last four or five years get most of their traffic from. I think. Apart from like the big dogs, you know, your big super mega big podcast, but you know, a lot of YouTube creators turn to uh, doing that on YouTube, and mm. YouTube's a pretty good platform to do it. But we don't do that because we're too cool for YouTube <laughs> on the Abroad Japan podcast, and I don't know how it'd work either, given that we don't. While we do record the podcast like uh, visually, physically, there are videos. There, mm. It's just like not that good to look at and I wouldn't I never felt like I'd want to release that really I don't know well, I mean nobody used to see me at 8 o'clock in the morning <laughs> you know, no puts you on uh, but there you go Hunky there's the, the story of the Genesis and uh, so Pete and I we hung out in like September 2017 I think and then 
we I went back to Christmas. I went back to the UK for Christmas, uh, and we met up and we kicked off there in 2018. The rest yeah. is history. Uh, we've got one here from Matt Brennan. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. My question is: I was considering hiring a private tour guide for the first day in each city. Have either of you ever used a private tour guide? Know anyone who has, or have any opinions about the idea? Uh, cheers, Matt Brennan. I mean, there are lots of good tour guide companies." I can't remember. It's like Inside Japan Tours. There's Magical Trip, which sounds like a drug. There's like, uh, did, there's all um, sorts. Wasn't there a... Um, it was that absolute slob of a politician who... Uh, who um, Boris Johnson? Mm, one of Boris Johnson's lads. I think he... Oh, right. He got well, into, doesn't narrow it down. He's constantly, um, uh, he's constantly been, uh, been exposed as someone who might be just... just a bit too merry for the House of Commons. I can't remember his name now. He's sort of like a <laughs> flobby, flobby block. Oh, he's flobby flob man. Anyway, he, he, I think he used to run a, a, a Japanese. He used to do a podcast company. about politicians. Flobby, fl- you know, Wilson flobby flob man explains the politicians. I'm just of the terrible UK. at remembering names. And I, you know, he's the, the problem with um, <laughs> how does oh, this tie into a private tour of Japan? Because this he used to run a, a, a tour company for Japan. He's just really cause, did he? Yeah, I think he lived there for a bit, and he was just and he. And he decided that he's going to do a, a muggy little tour company. Oh. Flobby. Wow. You know, Flobby Man. I don't know why I can't there remember his name. Man. He was fucking... Michael Gove. I believe Michael Gove Michael Gove. Go- oh, fucking hell. I think he did. Let me double check. He definitely Gove. didn't. You've made that up. Japan. Well, there you go, Matt. Michael mm. Gove's Tours of Japan. Mm. I Japan? couldn't imagine a worse maybe thing. Oh, Pete Donaldson's definitely made this up. This is a dream yeah. you had last night, Pete. Who's the guy who used to, who used to go, who's the head of the, who's the, who's the, the health minister? Who's that? Who's the old health minister? Jeremy Hunt. Yeah, he lived in Japan for a bit. Jeremy Hunt was doing it. It wasn't flobby flob right. flob. It was um, Jeremy shitbags. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, gets better. There we it? go. I remember. Do you remember when Jeremy Hunt went to China um, and spoke to like the most powerful men in China? And there's a clip of him being like. Yeah, my wife's. Uh, I love China because my wife's Japanese. That's right. She's yes. not, there was wow. two massive mistakes there. Number one, don't yeah. say that. And number two, his wife's Chinese. For God's sake! Mm. I mean, just you, like I mean, this is the one you thing could at some you don't point, say. Like you could draw a parallel about having a love for you know the, that part of the world, but yeah, you got to do it right. No. You got to say it right. <laughs> it was awkward mm. um, But yeah, no, he lived here for a bit And he knows a bit of Japanese And I watched him do a speech I think he, mm. he came to Japan and did a speech yeah, it, was, it was impressive His Japanese needs a bit of uh, sharpening up a bit but uh, and, his, and his policies on <laughs> economics <laughs> But there you go, Matt Absolutely no valuable advice there But there are tours out there And I would say potentially do it because for some places like uh, Golden Guy or certain drinking establishments it's nice to have a private tour guide who can get you in places or book places for you that might be a little bit difficult or intimidating to do particularly if you don't speak Japanese mm. although depending on when you're staying where you're staying for your hotel your hotels um, can also book places for you as well so consider that as well um, they can book for you or maybe give you recommendations mm. um, we've got one here from Diana in the USA it says hi Cupid Chris and Pleasant P what is the best cell phone carrier to have in Japan? Do you recommend a carrier that has good coverage in Japan, uh, North America slash Europe? Please and thank you, Diana. The best carrier for coverage is NTT Docomo. Um, lots of people have SoftBank and they spend their time walking around trying to get coverage. Literally in a bar, 
three days ago, and me and my two friends had Docomo. Five bars, no problem. Other friend had SoftBank, no signal whatsoever, even though it was Nebisu, which is like the middle of Tokyo. Yeah. And that's a recurring theme I found yeah. with SoftBank. Um, I think they're slightly cheaper. But what's the point if you can't watch a Braun in Japan in your favourite <laughs> bar or while in a mountain range? Yeah, Docomo is the one to go for. Not the cheapest, but they do have the best coverage by Is Docomo the one that's got the little mascot, the little um, fluffy mascot? The dog. Is it a dog? Oh, the right. fluffy mascot. The, well, SoftBank's the dog. Mm. I don't, I, if they've if they've got a fluffy mascot, that's the first I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know what the mascot is for Docomo, actually. SoftBank are a lot better at branding. Oh, yes, I think so, soft, got a dog. So, so SoftBank's got a dog, and it's like, uh, is he like a, yeah, yeah. A, a train driver or something? A train um, inspector? I don't know. Uh, He's always got uh, a hat What on. is this? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about this. A mm. train inspector dog. A train inspector uh, dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. But they're also the ones that created Pepper the robot. Remember Pepper? Yes. The oh, yeah. Massively useless robot on wheels <laughs> that goes around. And every time you walk in a soft bank branch or certain restaurants, it'll come over and be like, blah, 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 blah. And you try and interact with it, and it'll just sort of turn around and drive off. And I don't know why they spent hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> on that on damn robot. Thing, yeah. I was in a... I, I had a, like a bit of a Blade Runner moment the other day, though. I was, in a, I was coming out of Tokyo Station... And in Tokyo and most Japanese cities, there's like a cavernous underground system where you can mm. just walk around shops underground for eternity, getting yeah. lost. And I don't know where I was. I, I was walking down like a corridor in some sort of underground shopping mall. And this really big blocky robot, we're talking like uh, the size of, fuck, I don't know. It was like, a, it was like probably about four foot tall, a big sort of cube on mm. wheels, going around making beeping noises and looking like it was doing something really important but it was as far as I could tell it wasn't doing anything of conceivable value but it looked really cool and I didn't know what it was doing I think it could have been cleaning the floors but I, I don't know what it was doing but it was really cool just watching this robot just go around in circles going beep 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 prop, prop, prop. way better than Pepper the robot <laughs> so, but it was like a, it was like a big hunk of, of technology yeah it was this big really clunky looking it looked like somebody had made a robot in the 80s kind of design. Mm. Um, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I want more robots. I just want better robots. When someone combines the power of ChatGPT with an actual physical robot, uh, we're fucked. Although it does exist already. I did see... Do you see that robot Amica? Amica. Uh, Amica? British robot. Uh, that looks like the most incredible humanoid robot you'll ever see. It, it It's designed not to look... Like, it doesn't have, like, human skin. I think it's got, like, this blue kind of head. But the <laughs> facial expressions are truly chilling. And, uh, like, yeah, look it up if you get the chance. Amica, mm. I think it's A-M-E-E-C-A. Um, and they right. combined it with chat. and So you can have a conversation with it and chat GPT answers through this humanoid robot. Very exciting. How, do, how, does, how do you sort of, like, um, chat GPT kind of interface? Because... Do you have to pay for chat, uh, chat, chat, chat GPT? Like, who's like? I yeah, I've started paying for Chat GPT four, um, right? Because it is like insane and um, extremely powerful for doing things. What have you, you used know? it for? Just uh, like kind of like do, providing frameworks for bits and bobs sort of things. I can see stuff like. I think the most daunting thing about producing something, and certainly content wise, like it's the blank page. So like, 
if, mm. if you sort of go, look, throw some fucking scenarios, throw some fucking framework on there, um, and then maybe, and, th- and then, you know, you go ahead and, or, or, or a creator goes ahead and sort of creates it properly. But I always thought, I think that, I think framework wise, it probably would be quite useful to, to have that kind of framework built before. Um, I saw, because I always wanted to do, I think I've mm. spoken about with this guy before, Roland, um, the, um, Amstrad at uh, CPC uh, video game mascot from back in the day, like proper eighties video. Oh games. yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, I was, I've always wanted to do like a video on YouTube about Amstrad, uh, you know, Roland the the mascot because no one's done a huge amount on him, and I thought, wonder and, why. I wonder why, because it's a piece of shit, absolute piece of shit. And uh, and so I typed in, uh, you know, write a uh, a, a two minute script about Amstrad. You know, it can tell us all about the games of of, Amstr- mm. of Amstrad's Roland and stuff. And it went ba 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 ba. And I was like, Jesus Christ! I mean, that's a good frame. And then you can just sort of go, right? What do I need to look more on? Um, and then you can sort of go and do your do your do your research and stuff. So look, I'm, yeah. you know, it's it's um, it's it's coming and it's coming hard and we're all fucked. But you know, while while, yeah. while that while while um, while the wave comes in and takes everyone's jobs, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's coming. I mean, so I, you may as well use it. It's um, it's just incredible. Like I, I would take my voiceover that I just did for a Journey Across Japan episode, and I mm. said like, make it more interesting. Hit enter. Oh. It comes back. It's they've got more adjectives in it they've got some interesting metaphors that i couldn't be bothered to think up that was pretty good uh i got it to teach me quantum physics at a high school level because quantum physics is quite difficult i said <laughs> imagine that i'm 10 teach me quantum physics and it did it was like if i have a strawberry and this strawberry is linked with another strawberry with an invisible string and it went off and it was really easy to understand and digest uh, i get it to proofread stuff sometimes i'm sending an email Ooh. you just whack it in and say just check it over instantaneously you get it back with spelling and grammar fixed um even if you know it can guess words extremely well um translation very effective right. takes in some japanese and just being like what's this say in english and they'll huh. do it instantly pretty damn accurate like i've checked obviously uh that it is accurate with japanese friends and they've always said it is um video titles you could be yeah. like give me 10 video title ideas it is insane it's like having a personal assistant who is the knowledge of god and you can just do anything with it and ask but, it anything. But, the, but it's when we, once we start, um, but but once we go down this line, we're not uploading anything that hasn't already been produced before. So then everything becomes very, uh, you know, vanilla because <laughs> nobody's mm. uploading anything that hasn't been done before, which is which is interesting. But for now, it's all right. It's a little kind of um, little tool to to put some put some bones on the flesh. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I I know a lot of most people still don't use it, and uh, I'm trying to get the people I work with to use it for certain things Mm. recently. For example, we're looking at film festivals. I was talking to uh, my colleague about researching film festivals that we should enter and using chat for that. You could be like, give me the top 10 film festivals in the world for short films, and it would just list them off. And then you could be like, give me the winners. It would give you the list of winners. And then you'd be typing, how did the winners win? What did they do? (laughs) Until you come down with a a framework and a strategy for just having an award-winning short Mm. film, like what you would need to do to get there potentially. Um, So... I think it can save you a lot of time. I think it's made Google irrelevant to some extent. You do have to fact check certain things. Yeah. Don't get too reliant on it just yet. Like the old Wikipedia days when you couldn't put Wikipedia in your essay. Uh, <laughs> you've still got to be a little bit careful. But from what I use it for and everything I've done with it, 
it's blown me away and mm. always exceeded my expectations. And uh, it's more knowing how to use it. Um, like the other day, I was like having a bad day and I thought, I know, yeah. I'd like a conversation with Socrates. And I said, become Socrates. And it did. And it spoke like Socrates because <laughs> it's read every book ever and it knows who Socrates is in, in an immense detail. Um, you know, just gave me advice, and it was like talking to Socrates. And also, I read an article the other day that some porn star or someone on OnlyFans had created a chatbot version of themselves. That's right, and yeah. For a fee, you could go on there I think, and and talk to her sort of AI version. Yeah. And she's making seventeen thousand dollars a month doing that. Um, so I think the world will be divided into two camps: people that use chat and AI and sort of grasp it quickly and use it in their workflow and people that don't. And I, and I worry mm. that people that don't use it or adapt to it would get left behind. But the one good thing out of it is it is like having a godlike personal assistant and everyone can access it. So that's cool. And you don't have to pay for it, obviously. But it's worth paying for it, I think, if you use it as much as I do, like every day for something. Mm. Um, but yeah, mm. enough about chat. I did see Google as well release their own one. Um, but I did toy around with it, and I wasn't impressed with it. Right, like it's got a lot of capabilities, and it's got access to the internet in a way that chat doesn't. Like annoyingly, chat has a cut off of uh, up until twenty twenty one. So you can ask it anything as long as it didn't happen after twenty twenty one. Yeah, but uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't used it, I strongly urge you to. Mm. try it and i think it will save you a lot of time yeah like sometimes i even get it to reply to emails so yeah oh forget an email oh how rude yeah i'm not talking <laughs> to you pete anymore i just <laughs> get chat to deal with pete instead <laughs> keep the stories questions comments coming in to abroad japan podcast at gmail.com guys we'll be back later in the week to do all over again but for now no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world by the time this has come out journey across japan will finally hey, be out a bit late it out. but it's out so go and enjoy it lots of snow lots of ice we'll talk about that in the next episode but for now have a, gro- a great bloody week a fine week indeed mm. and i'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the abroad japan podcast with mr donaldson see you later you pigs <laughs> <laughs>
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com